Welcome back to Thinking About It. We're glad that you've taken the time to think through some things with us. Dave Barker and I uh, like to imagine that there are people who are interested in the things that we're thinking about. Uh, Today, Dave, we are going to talk about, think about uh, the role of buildings in uh, the work of the church. Sometimes a building can be a curse uh, to a a church that has uh, changed its philosophy. Uh, Sometimes it's a blessing. Uh, There are uh, pastors in our fellowship who have no buildings. They're church planters. Some of them wonder if they're ever going to get a building. And do they imagine the future without ever having a building? Is that something that um, they'd have to deal with? Or should they constantly uh, seek the Lord for a physical location? How important is that to a church uh, life? Now, you have been through a building program, uh, so you've got some experience on that. And you're, of course, with Heritage that has to think about uh, building and meeting the needs. So... um, can we just open that up with some thoughts that you have, and then we'll see how far we can get? Sure. Um, first of all, full disclosure, I am for a building. I just think it's a really helpful thing. When I think about what's happening at Heritage, uh, when we first started thinking about a, uh, a building for the seminary, I was all in. Uh, my sense was it's a sense of location, sense of permanency, sense of identity, sense of stability. Um, and so... Um, I, I just really think that we're doing the right thing there. So I'm quite supportive of, of that, of that situation. But when it comes to the church, I think the same kinds of things play into the conversation, the sense of stability, the sense of permanency, the sense of, uh, reliability, whatever, all those other words that we can throw in there. So, um, you know, you, Inevitably, when you talk to pastors who are either in rented space, don't have a permanent spot, uh, the frustrations are pretty, pretty real. Mm-hmm. And they t- some of the pastors that I know are pretty vocal about the whole thing. And it's, it's tough going. I've heard some say that that's a good thing, never to own any property. Um, it's more virtuous to own nothing, trust the Lord, as it were. And the money that you might otherwise uh, raise for a mortgage and whatnot, you give to missions. Sure. And, you know, that was a, a rationale that I, I don't hear that too much. But what, what do you think of that rationale? Well, I think that, sure, and you can go that way. But I would argue that, um, yes, it's an investment. It's an upkeep. You sp- spend money on heat and light and all that kind of thing. But that probably in the long run... Uh, creates more of an incentive to support the international ambassadorships of the church through its missionaries and that kind of thing. So um, I don't think it has to be an either or. Mm-hmm. I think we can work off of both end. Especially when in the cities anyway, the prospect of owning property is just so far removed. Right. And so you say these guys just trust the Lord or, or keep praying, keep asking, it's that important that you should put it on your wish list or your prayer list? Well, the couple of churches that I'm familiar with, and these are past, the, pastored by a couple of younger pastors, it's very much part of their agenda. Uh, they're in temporary space right now. Uh, there's a church in St. Catharines um, that I'm actually going to be speaking at in a few weeks. They're in... Um, a rented space in kind of a strip mall 
Um, and it's fine. It's okay. But uh, they know that in order for them to really grow and prosper, they're going to have to find some kind of permanent space for them to carry on. So when you're looking at investing in brick and mortar, uh, you don't want to make the wrong decision because you're stuck with it, right? So what would you say are the high level interests that the church should have when they think about uh, space, hmm. building space? Well, I think it was Winston Churchill that said, first you shape your buildings and your sh- then your buildings shape yeah. you, mm-hmm. right? And we all realize that. So that's why it's so important to think about, okay, what is it that we're looking for and looking in uh, for at a building, and um, I remember when we went through our building program at Stony Creek Baptist Church in London. Um, I don't know where I got the information or how I even knew to even go down this road. But somewhere along the way, I figured out that, and I, I, I used what was a Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. I think we're all familiar with that. So three circles that all intersected in the middle. And um, the intersection in the middle captures the values of your church okay so at that point for us we had established our values as worship uh, the word witness both local and international uh, community uh, establishing community as, as a people of god as a church and prayer so those wound up being our core values of our church so then we said all right so what do we build how do we fit the venn diagram around that we had three major domains and they all intersected with that, with that core value. But they also intersected with each other. Again, if you know a Venn diagram, they kind of mm-hmm. cross each other all the way around, mm-hmm. right? So the three major domains, we said, okay, and this was the architect sitting in the room. And um, we said, okay, the first domain is worship. Uh, the ability to praise God, to worship, to use the Psalms, use whatever in our, in our worship of God. So the the weekly get gathering to worship was crucial the second primary domain was in the whole notion of teaching preaching facility to pro- proclaim proclaim the word teach the word children youth adults so kind of an education mm-hmm. side of things as well as that would include a pulpit although you could talk about that in the worship context mm-hmm. as well and then the third primary domain was community uh, building a, having a building that enhanced the community of faith and gathering places. So things, kitchens, right? As mundane as that, it's, it's important. Uh, lounges, mm-hmm. um, comfortable places for small groups and gatherings so we could build an established community. So we worked on those three, three domains and so when the design came out from the architect, he had, he had, in fact, he came up to me afterwards, and, and this is not a self-pat on the back, but he just basically said, wow, that was really good. I'd never really quite heard it that way before, so that's good. Kind of nice to hear an architect say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when the design came back, yeah, he had captured it. And again, I had very, very little to do with what happened down at Stony Creek Baptist Church in London, but... Even today, the folks there would say, yeah, this, this building is working well for us. So I think most of us would, would understand you've got to have a worship center. I mean, for mm-hmm. some, that's what church is, nothing else. 
Uh, we also understand that there is a need for what we call Christian education, classrooms, and yep. I think churches have always had that. Mm-hmm. But what we, ha- all, what we haven't always had is a real interest in the third one, the community, the value of a kitchen, um, a foyer space, uh, even gymnasiums uh, now. Now, I, I'm not saying that's never been thought of, but it hasn't been considered uh, a, a valuable investment. Uh, to create that kind of space. What do you, so let's talk for a little bit about um, that priority. How important is it to have um, a a good kitchen and a good eating space that isn't necessarily a gym, although it could be um, places where people can just unwind and relax? Absolutely crucial. And yeah, we, we crafted a lot of space for that. And if you go into that church, the foyer space, the mm-hmm. square footage of the foyer space, it's not as large as the, the, the place where they worship. And by the way, they doubled that as a gym. They did a fabulous job of finishing the gym in such a way that you didn't have the bare girders or anything like that. They finished the ceiling. And when you're in there, Unless you look around and see the basketball nets, you'd never know that you were in yeah, gym or I've, look on the floor. I've been there. Yeah, it's, it's nice. They've done a really, really nice job. So, and I remember one time I talked to one of the people, uh, one of the, the women in the churches talked about, you know, well, when we get to phase two and build a worship center, she just said, what? Why would we do that? We've got a perfectly good spike. And it is. So, but, so in terms of foyer space, uh, there, there's enough room in the foyer to do a small reception, uh, maybe uh, you know a, a wedding rehearsal meal, um, funeral, uh, small meal, or, and mm-hmm. right and a really nice kitchen. We spend a bit of money on it, and wow, has that ever returned? Um, yeah, returned value for sure, for sure. Yeah, we have a fairly large atrium here, although. I've seen larger ones within our fellowship. West Park is a West huge Park, one. Yeah, and, for sure. And in uh, Emmanuel Berry, it's like an airport in there. <laughs> uh, but this used to be very large. Now it's just a good size. And I got to say, uh, in between services, when people are coming and going, uh, it's, it's a hub. You've got, mm-hmm. We've got p- tables, people sit down, and they just hang out, and they're chatting. They're meeting new people, yep. learning new words because people come from different uh, cultures. And it's a rich interaction that happens there. And I can't imagine not having that space. You get coffee. What is, what's a cup of coffee worth? You just give out coffee. And uh, they just hang out there. So when it's time for the second service, mm-hmm. often I'm, I'm caught with my tail in the gate because I'm in some kind of conversation That's in right. the atrium. And I got, oops, I, I'm not supposed to be here. I got to get to work, as it were. But it's, a, it's just a great time to uh, love people the way we're supposed to love them before they get off the campus and into their uh, routines. Well, and again, we didn't have two services. We had one when I was there. Uh, they're still, I think they're still doing one. But it's really interesting how quickly the quote-unquote auditorium, sanctuary, whatever, empties. Mm-hmm. and But then you can hardly get make your way through the whole foyer area and mm-hmm. it goes from one side of the building to the other it goes all the way from from side to side and yeah. it's just full of people yeah. and of course again the you know the the door is up they got coffee going and this kind of thing and people linger people yeah. some you know head out the door and go and 
because they got to get to Swiss in a hurry. But, um, but uh, you know, people linger in half an hour, 45 minutes, up to an hour. Yeah. People are still there chatting, talking. Um, yeah. And it, it's just a very, it's a important, it, it, to me, for me, it's not just a throwaway or an afterthought. I think it has to be part of the thought process of how you're going to communicate your core values um, in your church. And again, back to that Venn diagram, you put your core values at the middle, you, you, de- you develop your domains, make sure they all intersect in those core values. Um, one of the core values, of course, we had was prayer. And I captured that under community, right? And so when, when there was a design, probably one of the failures of our design was not to work hard enough at that. Now, we did do a small chapel, and we ran, we used to run prayer meetings, of course, and that's where we always had our prayer meetings, our Bible studies. It wasn't in the main mm-hmm. auditorium. And then we, but it was really interesting because we would break the men and the women separately. The women would stay. And, and we, then where would we go to do our circle of prayers, men? Out into the foyer, mm-hmm. into that lounge area. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. It yeah. was just perfect. Do you remember the days when that would have been regarded as a colossal waste of money? Uh, just, the atrium is there to hang your coat and get into the worship center where things really, the important stuff happens. Uh, okay, question. Gymnasium or uh, dining hall? Gymnatorium. Oh, you, you just have both, eh? Well, again, I, I, and you got to know, I'm, I'm not patting myself in the back here because I had nothing to do with the actual, as I, as I said to you guys before, said to you before and others, I went to the very first building committee meeting and I said, okay, I'm done. This will be the last building committee I show up to. Show me where the pulpit mm-hmm. is and I'll be there when you get done. You left the Venn diagram though. They had that down. Yes, they did. And so that was there. But, um, but I, I, just, I just think, oh dear. So you're, you had a place to eat, which would be the atrium. Yep. And your auditorium, would, would that be a banquet area yep. too? Mm-hmm. Okay. So they could set up, so it's a gymnatorium, but we often had large potluck suppers in the quote-unquote yeah. worship center, gymnatorium, whatever yeah. you want to call it. It was multi-use space, but we spent some money on making it look good. Right. Grandview started, as you know, our gymnatorium. Maybe not as elegant as yours. This thing was built in the 70s, uh, but it functioned, and now it's exclusively a gymnasium for yeah. us, and we built a worship center that is... Uh, Single use. Yeah, slope floors and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. you can't use it for anything else. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I, that's, again, my experience in terms of what we went through, I've been through two building programs, and both of them saw the uh, worship center, if you like, to be multi-use. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, maybe it's not quite as classy as a, sh- a sloped floor, maybe even with, with uh, theater seats. That kind of thing, maybe not as classy as that, but oh, it works. Nice. It's, it, it is really nice. Well, Dave, uh, I think uh, it's important for us to think about the building because you're right. It, once you've built it, it's going to shape your values, and um, you don't want to have to uh, break down walls just because uh, you've changed your mind and things. So, uh, it's good for our listeners to think about that and uh, we are out of time so we're going to have to close it but we want to thank you for listening to us on thinking about it if you have ideas that you would like us to put on the show let us know Uh, our email is uh, accessible through our website 
God bless you, and thanks for thinking about it. Until then, I'm with Dave Barker and Bob McGregor. We'll see you then. Thanks for thinking about it with us. Thank you.